0: Well hello there, good to have your company here on the Kiwi Football Fix, I'm Goran Paladin and on the show today we look at the OFC World Cup qualifiers, that's right, the all-whites they begin their campaign on Saturday the 19th of March up against Papua New Guinea and a very familiar face to those who watch the National League in New Zealand, a man by the name of Tommy Semy used to score goals for Hamilton Wanderers, he will be on the show a little bit later on. But we start off with the Wellington Phoenix women's side. Their season is complete with two wins and a draw from their 14 games. And it's an honour to welcome into the show their rock star in the middle of the park, Chloe Knott. Great to see you, Chloe. Season one is done. How would you describe that experience? It was honestly,
1: like, unreal. Like, such a roller coaster. but... Um Overall, like I just wouldn't change a thing. It was just the best experience, yeah.
0: Is it a little bit hard to comprehend what you've actually been a part of? Because this is, well, it was history in the making. Our very first professional women's football team in the A-League. Has it sunk in what you and your teammates have achieved?
1: I think not quite yet, because it was all such a blur. Like, it happened so fast. I think still processing. Um, yeah, probably take it. Take a little bit of time for it all to sink in.
0: What did you make of the efforts of your squad as a whole? Because, uh, look, I don't want to say that you're old because you're definitely not, but comparatively, <laughs> you were basically mother hen. Everybody's rocking up as a 17 or 18-year-old. What did you make of the efforts of this young and inexperienced squad?
1: Yeah, I'm just honestly so proud of the younger girls, like, to, like, come at 17 and 18 and, like, be thrown into a professional environment without any, like, prior experience is just, like, unreal. And some of the performances as well were just crazy to think about when it's such a young team and, like, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress gone into it. But, yeah, just so proud of the girls for being able to perform.
0: And what about for you? Because you're making your way. It's your first season in the A-League. But because of your age, 25, 26 years of age, that makes makes you uh, one of the more experienced players in the squad. Uh, how did that sit with you being one of the more experienced players?
1: Yeah, it was really strange. like I'm normally not one of the oldest, but I think obviously now I'm getting to that stage in my life where i that's gonna be where I'm sitting, like one of the older members of the team. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was weird at first, but like we I had Lily with me, and like, tilly kramer and other aussie and and they were they were my age as well so we kind of just chatted to each other and um yeah i think just giving advice and um offering like support with different experiences because we had a lot of different um experiences coming in compared to the younger girls
0: and so now being a, a leader or part of a leadership group it doesn't actually sit that that badly on your shoulders does it
1: No, not when the work is shared, I guess. Um, Not when you've got, like, a few other older players who do a lot of the work as well to support the girls and be, like, leaders in the group, yeah.
0: How big of a help was Gemma Lewis? Because we've known of her great work over the years um, throughout the age groups of New Zealand women's football. How did did she go in her first season of A-League women's football?
1: Yeah, she was honestly, like, so good, so supportive, like really open honest with the girls and like basically like her and Nat together just I feel like a leadership duo and they were just like such a good combo so good to have them both together and obviously they've worked with some of the girls before but I've never worked with them um but I just I really only have positive things to say about them both they were really um supportive sh- they we need
0: and Chloe I suppose she had her work cut out for her because not only is she navigating Uh, this professional outfit for the first time in in Australian football, but you're away from home full time. Uh, The the inability to come back to New Zealand and play home games at at Sky Stadium in Wellington, so much to consider. Uh, How difficult was it to, I suppose, stay on top of the the mental struggle that you weren't going to be going home and that Australia was your home for four months?
1: Yeah I feel for like the whole staff because I think a lot of the times like the support that they were giving wasn't really about football it was more like everything else outside of football and like making sure that people were feeling good and like managing well with the move so I think a lot of the time the roles were like focused on like well-being in general rather than like the tactics of the game so I think it was really a lot a lot of work that they had to do but They they handled everything so well and, like, they were really good supports for us.
0: Chloe, you've been here, there and everywhere. You've spent time in the UK, New Zealand, the United States. What was it like for you? Did you have any moments there where you were struggling mentally because you were away from family and friends?
1: Yeah, 100%. So, like, my first year moving out, I was 17. And that first year was so tough. Like, um, just figuring out, like, being overseas and, like, like even opening bank accounts, things that people don't really tell you about, you have to figure out by yourself. Um, so, yeah, it was tough and, like, like the changing game too, like, from, compared to New Zealand, going to the States, is just uh, very different, more competitive, more professional, and I think it's probably what a lot of the young girls were feeling when they moved to us, so, yeah.
0: Well, what about the quality of the, the football in Australia? As I say, you've, you've played in the UK, in the States, here in New Zealand... What of the A-League? Where where does it rank? Where does it sit after playing a full season in it?
1: Yeah, it's hard to compare. Like I think the game's so different in like Australia, America, England. Like, I think it's definitely like, it was a physical challenge for us. Like we worked a lot on fitness. Um, And I think just the speed of play, like just compared to like being out of professional league and going into that is just a lot quicker, a lot faster paced. and you've got really good technical older players too, so yeah, definitely, um, definitely faster. I
0: think. Let's go back to before the season began. I, I feel, and hopefully you can you can correct me on this. I feel like the the Wellington Phoenix women's side was thrown together quite quickly before the start of the season, and you weren't able to bid in uh, before that first game. How how frantic and how hectic was that that sort of first? two or three weeks together as a full squad?
1: Yeah, I think at the start, there were just, like, a lot of questions and, like, no answers. Like, nobody really had the answers. Gemma couldn't really give us answers for a lot of things. Um, and it was like, I mean, you find out you're in the squad and then we were moving to Australia in two weeks. like going to going to Wellington after three days of finding out that you've made it and then two weeks and you're in in Australia. Sorry, I said America. But... Um, Yeah, two weeks later, we were in Australia. And so it was like packing up, saying goodbye to family and like coming to terms with like getting into a professional training environment. And I think that was, um, yeah, it was just a lot, a big mental challenge more than anything else. And then we did have like a month or so before the first game, but like we, some of us, I've never met the girls before. So we were trying to like figure out how each other play and like how we were going to play, learn the system um, so, it was a lot, a lot of
0: information
1: in a month.
0: So, yeah. when you say you'd never met the girls before, had you never met any of your teammates before?
1: No, I'd known some of the Auckland girls. So, I played like um, National League with a few of the Auckland based girls, but half the team, like the Aussies, we'd never met, and there were seven Aussies in the team. Um, and yeah, some of the girls from Christchurch had never met before.
0: So, how hard was it to. Strike up a combination and and get comfortable with these these women around you that you weren't overly familiar with.
1: Yeah, I think we're lucky with the group that we have. Like everyone was so open and like really friendly. There were no egos, which was really cool. So we were all just there to learn. Um, But even so, like like being able to get partnerships working like fluidly on the field is just hard. Like it just takes time. And I think we only saw that towards the end of the season. So pre-season, I think, was just like getting all the info in, the tactics and the system and how we wanted to play. Um, but I think like the partnerships on the field took, took a little bit of time to, to start to come together.
0: Oh, come on, Chloe. What are you talking about? I was watching December 3rd last year. You, you're up against uh, the Western Wanderers and you come away with the, the very first point in Wellington Phoenix history. Take us back to that day. Um, what was it like putting on the shirt for the first time, taking to the field, and, and coming away with that result?
1: Yeah, oh, it was just so cool. Like, the whole experience, the whole day was really cool. I mean, we had those lightning delays, so it was like... Yeah. Even it didn't really shake us, because we were so... We'd had, like... Nat does this, like, hype video before the game, so we had this, like, hype video, and we'd had messages from home sent in, like, videos and just loads of support from so many people in New Zealand and, like, Australia, just wishing wishing us luck. And I think just the build-up towards that first game and, like, putting on the jersey and stepping out onto the field was just, like, yeah, it was just so cool, really cool experience. And I think it just carried throughout the game. Like, we didn't stop fighting for 90 minutes. Um, and I think because the expectations of us were, like, really low, like, not really low, but... Um, we weren't expected to win, we weren't expected to get a point. Like I think a lot of people thought we were gonna get rolled all season. Um, So just to get the draw and like to fight like tooth and nail to the last 90 minutes. And we were all exhausted, like so tired. Um, But just like when the whistle blew, it was just really cool to like, really proud of that performance.
0: Yeah, it was exceptional. I was watching on from the studio. Um, Yeah. it, it sort of exceeded all of our expectations because we, we knew about the build-up and how little time you'd had together. And then to produce something like that was just truly magical. And you should all be so very proud of what you did that day. But I'm glad that you mentioned the lightning strikes, the lightning delay, because we were in the studio. I was literally getting the countdown in my ear. Um, 30 seconds to commentary. I was about to throw to Jason Pine. And um, then somebody chimes in in the background. like, oh, there's been a delay. And then we find out about the lightning strikes. Now, you were there. How bad were they?
1: Honestly, well, I didn't see any lightning. I don't know. I think we were just focused on the warm-up. Like, we were just so, like, into the warm-up and, like, ready for this game. We were just, um, like, obviously warming up as if we were about to play. And then, like, right at the end of the warm-up, they were like, there's a lightning delay. Everyone back into the changing rooms. So we all go back into the changing rooms and um, we're – we didn't know what was happening. Like, can we warm up? Can we not warm up? And then they were like, okay, you can warm up, but it has to be inside. So then we start doing like squats and lunges and like jogging on the spot, like blasting music, because just trying to keep the energy up. Because it was just so like, um, we didn't know what was happening. Um, so it was really interesting, like that to go, you know, like an indoor warm up. And then we got out and then it was like five minutes and then we were kicking off.
0: How bizarre. Um, well, uh, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. Uh, we're, we're glad that nobody was hurt um, and we're glad that we took away the uh, the competition point. Actually, we, we've, we've taken four competition points off the Western Sydney Wanderers. You, you made them your bunny or your bee arch throughout the course of the season, didn't you? Oh,
1: well, we tried. Like, we, I think we were just both. Up. I think the first game was the first game. We were just so up for it. And then the second game, we wanted to prove how far we'd come from the first game. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the mentality when we were playing Western Sydney. Like we'd gotten the draw, but we just wanted more than that to show like the progress that we've made. Um, so yeah, everyone was very very up for the, both of those games.
0: I want to talk about Canberra because that's where you picked up your first win, um, your first three competition points in a three nil win, and you were pivotal in that performance? You scored the first goal. I'm pretty sure it was you that slotted through that magical ball to Grace Jarley for the second goal. What did it mean to you to obviously claim that first win but have such a say in the outcome of that performance?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that day, like, the team performance was just, like, through the roof. Like, everything that we'd been working on, like, kind of, Fell into place, you know how like the games before, just the shots kind of weren't going in, or um, did, we just weren't getting the chances on goal. But then that game, like we got three chances and we finished them all. So I think it was just more like we were quite clinical that game, um, and I think we've been working on like scrappy finishing and getting shots off in the box. So to get that goal was just really cool because that's literally what we were working on like for two or three weeks before that, um, and yeah that run from Jale and, like, the pace was just so good. Yeah, it was very satisfying in that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you had a uh, a pretty big target because I think they'd pushed up so high and you just needed to yeah. put it somewhere in the in the opposition half, didn't you?
1: Yeah, basically, I think, um, yeah, we were working on trying to be more direct as well. So, again, like, just everything that we'd been practising kind of came off in the final third, um, which was really cool because... We'd just been waiting for something like that to happen, <laughs> for it to all to kind of come together in the final third.
0: How was the confidence going into that game? Because a few games prior to that Canberra victory, you'd, you'd come unstuck a couple of times late. There was a, a game against Brisbane, I think, was at Perth as well, where you, you shipped goals in the last sort of five or ten minutes of those games to lose 3-2 on both occasions. So... What was, what was morale like? What was confidence like going into this game? And, and as you progress through it and you, you're scoring goals, was there just, I don't know, something in the back of the mind saying, geez, we need to be really careful here because we've been bitten once, not, well, twice before.
1: Yeah, honestly, like even like then, it was like the 93rd minute or something. And it was like the 84th or something. And we were three, I think it was 3-1, 3-2 at the time. And we were still all on edge. Like I couldn't relax. I was like, they could still get two goals. Like the 90th minute, we would just like, get the ball down there, and like we cannot concede. So it was definitely in the back of our minds. And even the coaches were saying like they just couldn't relax until the whistle blew because we just we just needed to fight to see that one out. Yeah.
0: How did you celebrate that first win? Uh, you know, you can you can pretty much overshare on this show. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, if look, <laughs> wholesome stories or not, just um, tell, tell us what happened, Chloe. Yeah.
1: Well, the bus ride back was something like you had players walking up and down the aisle dancing, singing, like we would have Sweet Caroline going and like the whole bus was just belting out Sweet Caroline. Um, and then, yeah, just lots of singing, lots of dancing. And then we got back to the hotel and we had like a few solo performances. <laughs> I won't tell you who, but oh. a few people got up and did a bit of bit of solo dancing, singing. <laughs> it's pretty cool.
0: Chloe, come on! Uh, you, you've sort of <laughs> opened up the gate. Now take us down the garden path.
1: Who was doing what now? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. That was that was probably not the thing, but yeah, it was good. All right. It was really...
0: well. Look, that's that's some of the you know the the highs of the A League season. But um, as we're well aware, there were some let's call them. Teething problems uh, in the opening exchanges, uh, a number of heavy defeats. H- how how difficult was that to take? You knew that it was going to be a, a hard road this A League season, but when you're you're shipping four and five goals a game, h- how how was that mentally? And, and how did it? Or how long did it take to recover after a performance like that?
1: Yeah, I think um, especially after like the high of the first game, like to then like concede five in a game it was really hard I think that was the hardest one I think it was a third game um and and it was just so hard to come back from it it took us like a good two three days to like mentally get back up into training and um come back from it um but I think like some of the score lines didn't reflect like the performances so I think it was hard like and we had to like really work to bounce back in training but we also knew that we were performing well and like we were doing what we wanted to do and we were playing how we wanted to play. And we would like just trusting like blind faith that it was going to pay off and that we were actually doing better than what the scores showed. But yeah, I think just having so many losses and not having to, anything to show for it was was tough. Yeah.
0: So what was the response from Gemma Lewis and the coaching staff when you, you have those results and you've got limited time to prepare for the next out, uh, next outing? Are you focusing more on the mental skills? Are you focusing more on practical skills out on the training pitch? Is it uh, a marriage of both? What what was their approach?
1: I think it was a bit of both. Like we would do footage and and a lot of the footage would, would show us doing the right things or like trying to do the right things. So I think it was more like, keep trusting what we're doing and like building off of that. Um, so definitely still tactical, but it was more just like teaching resilience and like, um just, you know, like encouraging us all to just stick with it and kind of get mentally back into the right frame to perform well in the next game. But a lot of it was like encouragement because um, we were doing what they asked us to do. And we were, we were fighting really hard. Like we were working so hard. So yeah, they, they really um, just wanted us to trust the process, which is what we did a lot, I think.
0: You strike me as a really positive individual. Uh, were there times <laughs> where, you know, these results even got you down?
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate losing. So, like, it was hard to, like, kind of not get used to it, but, like, feel good about the performance when you're losing. So that was a big challenge for me, um, trying to, like, still um, trust what we're doing, even though we, are, we aren't getting results and there's nothing to show for it. But yeah, it, it, it was such a learning experience and like I, I knew that we were doing the right things and I think it was just like the mental side of things, trying to like pull myself back up as quick as I can so that I could be at my best for the next training. But yeah, it wasn't easy.
0: <laughs> mm. So at the end of the season and you take your two wins and a draw from it, what, what were the main lessons that, that you and your squad learnt from the A-League women's season?
1: I think just how hard it is to be a professional footballer, um, especially with not much experience and, like, having a young team. I think just that it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but, like, I think as well it's just, like, learning resilience and, like, I think if you ask the girls now, like, how resilient resilient they are compared to when they first came in. Like, it would just be so much more, um, and which is just good life lessons. Like, I think next season, if we had tough games or hard weeks, like, we'd probably bounce back much quicker and, you know, be able to um, perform better, quicker after games, I think.
0: And fingers crossed, um, you'll actually have some games in New Zealand as well, which, you know, that, that will certainly help, won't it?
1: Oh, that will be amazing. Like, even just having a few fans in Wollongong was, like, game changer, just having people shit cheering for you and singing. So, like, you'd hope that there would be a lot more than that in New Zealand, like, people supporting. So I think it will just do wonders for us, like, to, like, play in front of a, a bigger support.
0: Well, let's yeah. talk about the, the little support that you had in Australia, the little corner of Yellow, Who were they and how did they get so involved in what it is that you were doing over there?
1: Yes, I think because of the men being there um, last year, I think that was a lot of why they bought into the club and what what we were about. And I think just um, they knew that the women's team were coming in and they were so quick to back us. Like, they were coming to every game, every away game, like messages, like every week of support, encouragement and, like, We had little plaques made for every game, like everyone got given a plaque and it had like the day, the team we played and yeah, it was just so cool, like so many little things to like, that they gave us to remember what we've been doing Um, and they were just so encouraging and like really supportive of us. They were like singing, chanting, like crazy really.
0: It almost restores your faith in humanity in a way. You know, we're seeing some pretty crazy things on planet Earth at the moment and you've you experienced something like that. It, it must be really heartwarming, Chloe.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And they're just so, such cool people, that group of um, like the little yellow corner, a little corner of yellow. Um, like they're just supporters of football and and for them to like buy into the women's program and like just back us completely. It's just really cool because they, they're not family members or friends or anything, but um, they were they were like our family, our support while we were there. So it was really nice.
0: Really cool. Hey, Chloe, do you have any idea when the um, the Wellington Phoenix Women's Awards night is?
1: I have no idea, actually. I've not heard anything. Do you know?
0: Um, well, I, I can come up with an awards show right now, if you like. Can, can, can you help me with it?
1: <laughs> Go on, then.
0: <laughs> OK, so let's find out. Who is the Wellington Phoenix Women's Player of the Year, according to Chloe Knott?
1: Player of the Year, I think you could give it to definitely a number of people, like Lily was amazing in goal. Like she saved, so, saved us so many times. And then like Jale, she got six goals and like she performed really well. And then Kate at the back, Mac, they were like solid all season. Alyssa was really good. <laughs> like Zoe. You're
0: just naming a lot of people here, Chloe. I, I, I just need one name. I just need one name for player of the year.
1: I literally can't, I literally can't. sorry.
0: I'm gonna I think it was, I look we'll give it to the first name out of your mouth. It was Lily Alfell.
1: Yeah, go on
0: then. Skipper, goalkeeper for the Wellington Phoenix is player of the year, according to Chloe Knott. Um, what about <laughs> most improved? Because that was that was one that always got handed out in like um junior football level. So most improved.
1: Hmm. Most improved. I don't know actually, I think. not sure i think a few of the aussies that had to like step in for the last games um did really well because um like hannah jones she didn't start the first few games but we really needed her for the last part of the season and she just stepped up and she was really good yeah
0: well done hannah a um, certificate for a coca-cola and a meat pie is heading your way Um, (laughs) most popular i don't mean this to sound like a um you know, a, an end-of-year school book, but um, yeah. most popular in the Wellington Phoenix camp?
1: Most popular? Don't know. Maybe, like, honestly, Nat. <laughs> she was, like, everyone loves Nat. Like, all the players, like, coaches. She's just a great person. Can you give it to a coach?
0: We've given it to a coach. Congratulations, <laughs> Nat. Um, most likely to succeed, which is um, interesting because you are all or a success story, but, um, you know, who's gonna go on to bigger and greater things?
1: Uh, I think a lot of the young girls have, like, huge futures, like, really excited to watch them. But I think it has to be Kate, I would say. Either Kate or Alyssa. Okay. Or Zoe. Or, I don't know, I think a lot of the young girls, to be honest, I can't decide.
0: You've got to stop sitting on the fence, eh? I, mean, I, I, I didn't think you were going to be this bad as a scrutineer, but um, you're, you're yeah, all I, I had, I'll Chloe. Go
1: with, I'll go with Kate because she was like obviously the vice captain and she was a great leader.
0: Okay, Kate, it is. What was the best goal that the Wellington Phoenix scored? best
1: mm. oh, goal. Cool. I like Jarley's. Like that was like from halfway. Not because I like played the pass or anything. <laughs> but that was, I think, her run and like the pace was really good. Oh, but Alyssa's was really cool too. The first one, um, she she yeah, that was a cool goal because she you know that was the second goal that we had and the reaction was just like gold. So maybe Alyssa's.
0: Nah, we'll go with Grace's because you um, played the assist um, <laughs> and you're helping us out here on the uh, Wellington Phoenix Women's Awards Show. Um, just finally, Chloe, best moment of the women's Wellington Phoenix season?
1: Um, probably the first win against Canberra,
0: I would say. Well, there you have it. Um, the awards show, um, with myself, Goran Paladin, and Wellington Phoenix women's player, Chloe Knott, we thank you very much for your time. Hey, just before you go though, <laughs> Chloe, and thanks so much for being a good sport. Um, what do you do now? Uh, the Phoenix season is over, so where do you go? What do you do?
1: Well, I'm back to work on Monday. <laughs>
0: so
1: I'm like back in the office. I work for the phono as a family start worker. So um, I'm back in the office. But after a break, I'll be um, training again, getting ready for next season. Hopefully they want me back.
0: I'm pretty sure they'll have you back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm confident of that. And just lastly, before I let you go, your aspirations to represent the nation of New Zealand, the football ferns, they're still burning bright?
1: Yeah, definitely the end goal. I think it's, it's been like that for like 10 years, so I'm definitely going to stick around for a while until I get there.
0: Good stuff, Chloe. You've been an absolute champion today on the Kiwi Football Fix. I thank you very much for your time and thank you for your efforts on the football field in black and yellow. You've been awesome Thanks. and uh, can't wait to see you again on the football fields around New Zealand this time around.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, in just over a week's time, the OFC WCQ, that's the Oceania Football Confederation World Cup qualifying campaign, it begins in Qatar, starts for the All Whites on Saturday, the 19th of March, up against Papua New Guinea. And in that squad is a very familiar face to New Zealand football fans, a man who um, plied his trade with Hamilton Wanderers in the National League. His name is Tommy Semi, and he joins us on the Kiwi Football Fix. Tommy, great to have you with us. Where do you come to us from today, mate? Um, Thanks for having me uh, in Melbourne at the moment. Um, Yeah, the bigger thing's coming up in a few weeks' time. So, yeah, I'm ready and pumped. Mate, come on, just tell us. Tell us the the tea. How is Papua New Guinea going to beat the All-Whites in their first game of the OFC World Cup qualifying campaign?
2: Oh mate, to be honest. Uh it's gonna be a lot of work for us, uh team to put it up to get that uh, result. It's not easy, you know, always we already knew that it's gonna be a hard game for us and to play New Zealand uh we, we just gotta work extra hard to win the game. Otherwise, you know, we won't come up with it with the result we want. So it's all up to boys now to put everything into the game and we'll see what's gonna happen.
0: Is it a bit daunting when you come up against a, a team, a nation like New Zealand, where they've got so many players who who ply their trade offshore at um, professional clubs?
2: Yeah, and one hundred percent. Like it's always, you know, as a team, we always encourage one another and you know tell them that you know we're not into that level as New Zealand players are, but we just got to understand that it's a football; it's the only team that we play. So everything we do in the field must be, you know, a part to it. So, to be the best, you have to work your work your hard off in the game, and you know, you come up with a result. So, I know the boys are looking forward to it, and when it comes to this kind of big tournament, I know my brothers back in capitals now. They're in Qatar. They they're gonna give everything, and either lose or win, we give everything. We just go in there and die for our country. That's what we're
1: gonna do.
0: Great attitude, Tommy. Great attitude to have. When you look at the all-whites, though, where do you think they might be weak? Where do you think that you and your teammates might be able to expose them in that first hit-out?
2: For me, for them, for their team, they all are, you know, the strongest side, you know? Uh, I I don't see any weaknesses in them. But for us, I think I'm pretty confident, like, from up top, as me and the other lads, um, I think that if their defence is not that quite faster, we might beat them on the pace. But it's all up to us to be more smarter when we go into you know final third. So, that's the only thing. But apart from that, you can't break easy on England. Like, they're all like solid like rocks. So, that's the only little thing. We got pace, but it's up to us to be more, you know, confident and, you know, be wise you know, needs in making in the final time. That's the only thing I'm going to say.
0: Something that so, might be able to help you out, Tommy, is um, they've, they've named their squad for the campaign and they're without the likes of Michael Boxall, Sarpreet Singh and Ryan Thomas all out injured. And then because of the length of the campaign, they've got a, a almost like a split squad and so a number of their key players aren't arriving until late. The likes of Chris Wood, Libby Kakache, um, Stefan Marinovic, their first choice goalkeeper. Joe Bell, the the heart of the midfield. So, does that yep. give you any faith or even more confidence that you can tip over almost an All Whites B team?
2: Yeah, mate. To be honest, I am I am confident, and like with without the presence of the players that you mentioned, I think give me the you know self belief for me and my team that we can do something. It's not in the sake of underestimating the New Zealand side, but we just got to push out now, like I said earlier on. So, yeah, we'll be good, and I'm confident we'll be okay.
0: Well, let's focus on you and your team. What has Papua New Guinea been doing in the lead-up to this qualifying tournament, and how has the coronavirus pandemic impacted the national side?
2: for, for what I've been told and what I've been follow up through with the coach and everyone back home, um, they just do training camps in Mosby and Lay. No no friendlies apart from the selection side. In PNG they do like two squads: PNG National League side and against the national side, national team side. So with that COVID like. Uh, COVID thing happened in PNG, they don't, they didn't host many friendlies and, you know, other games for us to, you know, fly out and have friendly overseas and come back. We can't do that because of COVID. So we just training most Mosby and, you know, play a few friendlies with under 20s. And yeah, we didn't do, do much at all, just only the camps and only two friendlies. But, but from that, I know, um, the boys are ready. And, you know, they've been working their hard off from training to training, so... I you know they're ready for the New Zealand game, so...
0: And if you didn't need it, but I'll, I'll provide it to you anyway, motivation for this encounter yeah. against the All Whites. The last time you played New Zealand was in the OFC Nations Cup Final in Port Moresby six years ago, 2016. Um, yeah. Shall we go over old ground? Do you want to? Because, I mean, it, it was probably quite painful for you. It's easy, go ahead, <laughs> we
2: easy, just uh, get rid out. of it?
0: And forget about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, already, it's already been gone, so it's okay with me. Easy. No problem.
0: Go ahead. What happened in that match? Because you, you were pretty much odds-on to win. The, the All-Whites weren't, they weren't great in that tournament. Uh, from memory, and you held them at nil uh, right through until um, penalties. D- do you do you feel like you didn't quite get the rub of the green or the result you deserved that day in two thousand sixteen?
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. Like to be honest, like um, most people were saying the one they watched the game and also us players, we believe that this is our this is our day, but it didn't happen. So. Like, for me and the lads, we, we were saying we should win that game. But, like I said, it's not happening. So, it's got to make use of those little chances that we have. But we didn't. So, for them, they, they, they make use of it. So, they deserve to get a win. But the game was unreal, mate. Like, playing against the top side, even though they're missing some of the players, but they still play the same style of football. And their quality for us, we know their quality, so we have to put ourselves more up to to their standards. So, and then you see the game is totally different today. So, yeah, I can't still talking about it. And I can't forget that day. <laughs>
0: how, how long? How long did it take you to get over that result?
2: Mate, it took me almost three weeks, almost a month. Like I can't, I can't forget about that game. Like, and some of the challenges that. Especially me, I should put it away, keep it safe, deflect. And yeah, uh, with the other boys too, same thing. They didn't they didn't forget the game for almost a week or two. So yeah, it's been it's been frustrating, but it is what it is. That's football.
0: That's football and yeah. that's life, Tommy. But how how big a yeah. part do you reckon this will play in your build up to the all whites game in Qatar? Do you think it'll get much airtime? The the squad will be discussing that result and trying to avenge that defeat?
2: I think think the squad pretty much, uh, 99% of the squad is all the boys that we play against New Zealand. And uh, it's only five or six, I'll say, the new boys in the squad. But the core of the team is still there. So I'm pretty sure if... If New Zealand not careful, we might give them a good run. So I'm pretty sure like... And for us too, we need to be more smarter when we play, like I mentioned earlier on because All the players that call up from New Zealand, they are the best and they play in the big leagues and they have experience and they they dare to do business. So for us, same thing. But all at the end of the day, you have to be more smarter in the game. and do the right thing, you get a win.
0: Other than yourself, Tommy, who are the players to look out for Um, for New Zealand fans that might be tuning in um, that early on that Saturday morning on the nineteenth? They're they're obviously going to be looking at you, but who else should we keep an eye on from the Papua New Guineans?
2: Uh, David Brown. Uh, I don't remember his name. David Brown is in the squad too. Um, uh, Is Raymond Gunemba? Um, and a few other young fellows coming up. Uh, the brothers Kolo Kepo and Hati they're they're good players too, you know. Um, yeah, but the main main one would be David Brown, you know. DB DB knows most of the New Zealand players. he play against them, and he knows the way they play and stuff. So yeah, but like I say, every year new new style of football. So we just have to do stick to our plan and do our thing. So yeah.
0: Well, Tommy, um, we wish you all the best for that. Um, good luck against the All-Whites. But uh, just before I let you go, you're in Melbourne at the moment. Um, you're playing in the Victorian NPL. Um, when are we going yeah. to see you back in New Zealand? Because your feats for Hamilton Wanderers, they are of, of legend, you know? So when are you going to be back in New Zealand and um, scoring goals on New Zealand football pitches?
2: Oh, 100% is a good question. I, you would see me maybe one, after one or two years. And I'm not going to deny to you, Hamilton is my home. So, yeah, I'll be back with the Wanderers and, you know, keep the Blue Army flag flying again. And, you know, we'll see where football takes me. Retire and then, you know, do something apart from football. But you will see me end up in New Zealand, no doubt. You will see me back in New Zealand. It's my second home. And it's going to be Hamilton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Hamiltonians are, are very pleased to hear that That you're not going to go to Auckland or Wellington or Christchurch Tommy, great to catch up no. Good luck on the, uh, the, the the tour to Qatar The OFC World Cup qualifiers Just take it easy on our all-whites Because you know we, we want to progress as well But uh, thanks so much for your <laughs> time today On the Kiwi Football Fix, my friend No worries, any time for the Kiwis And have a good day, bro You too, man, Ciao. you too And, of course, thanks to Chloe, not before Tommy. And thank you to you for checking out another episode of the Kiwi Football Fix. We'll see you next week at the same time. Just a reminder, though, the Wellington Phoenix men's side, they will or will not play in the A-League. Hopefully it doesn't rain and hopefully the pitch is playable. They've got the Brisbane Raw, Saturday night, 7.05. Check that out at the weekend. Otherwise, we'll catch you next time on the Kiwi Football Fix. ta